0: Hi, you're listening to the New Space India podcast, a bi weekly talk show that exclusively brings insights from the Indian space activities ecosystem. I'm your host, Narayan, the co founder of India's first space focused think tank, Spaceport Sarabhai. Guests on the New Space India podcast help you understand space activities related macro and micro trends within India in all aspects, including space history, local industry, space science, technology evolution law and policy, art, and more. The New Space India podcast is supported by Dassault Systems, a global leader in providing businesses and people with collaborative virtual environments to enable sustainable innovations. Dassault Systems Solutions supports startups, small and medium-scale enterprises, and original equipment manufacturers in developing disruptive solutions for space launchers and satellites. Hi and welcome to yet another episode of the New Space India podcast. Today here, I am very lucky to have Raghu Das, who has worn many different hats in the industry for many decades now. I'm very excited about this conversation because I was just mentioning to Raghu that I know probably Raghu is one of the only successful entrepreneurs in India, probably who's worn so many hats within the space industry for a very long time. Raghu, thank you so much for taking the time and speaking with me and I'm looking forward to all the wisdom that you can share.
1: Narayan, I think I'm very glad to be here. And I was also planning to be in your podcast for some time. It just didn't materialize sooner. But I think anyway, so I'm very glad to be here. And I don't call it wisdom. I can say experience. Am I right? So wisdom may be derived from experience because no, nobody is born wise. Everybody built wisdom gathered over a time with experience. So some of those experiences I'm glad to share. Maybe it will help other people who are starting the journey. It's been 20, 30 years of my space career. So yes, I'm very glad to share some of those things with you today.
0: Yeah, Thank you so much. So uh, let's start at the very beginning. Obviously, I do want to know how you got it started with space and why you got started with space and then how you got out started because normally i would say in your generation maybe even in your generation perhaps yes. that people st- probably would stick to isro yes. and having a career in isro okay so my, actually mine started
1: differently i said i think you already said that in your generation i'm one generation maybe ahead of you um i didn't start as a space engineering so my basic education was in control systems I didn't, I early career, I worked with an IT company. Maybe it was, I was maybe founding team that eventually become TCS today. But I worked mostly on the networking side. I developed a big network for the banking, which is called Swift. And we also worked with airlines like Airink. And so I got a lot of communication experience. And then it just happened in 94 or 95, there was a company who was starting a private company, the first private satellite company was licensed by FCC in this in area called Orion. And that they were looking for somebody who has a data networking experience. This is pre-internet era. Okay. And so I jumped at it. I did not know satellite at that time. Okay. I learned a lot of things. Orion being a startup, I may have been ten or 15 employees, somewhere like 15 team. So there's a lot to learn, starting from business side of it, technology, getting the product out. And so I had the technology for them for some time. The company went public and eventually become part of Laurel space and communication in 98. Okay. And that is how we started the space is by accident or, or what do you call the timing or whatever it is called? It just happened. I didn't try. Yeah. So from IT to space, yeah, I will characterize from that way.
0: And obviously, I think you talked about this in the company Orion, but I guess you were in India back then and then you made this bridge to the US immediately. How no, no, I was, was already
1: US at that time with TCS. Okay. I already left working in India, in the US. And then this company is Orion and then we went to Laurel. And that is the time I just sense that India is opening up. So one of the, one of the products that I, very early on, I brought in was internet over satellite, okay, and that was the Orions flagship product that I helped build that product at that time. And because if we say go back to ninety eight, internet was almost um, unavailable in most of the places around the world, and we had built satellites that could reach out to most part of the most part of the world from US. So with one hop, okay. So we had a satellite that could connect from Hawaii to Asia, okay. And then that is how I how became. And then I then I moved to India to basically and looked at the businesses for Loral at that time. It was part of the Loral Space and Communication. So I looked at that business, and um, for some time we had a joint venture. I managed that, and then I kept on staying in India for a long time after that. Yeah.
0: And what was the entrepreneurship environment back in those days when it comes to, as you said, like the pre-internet era, Satcom trying to come up. Today, there is a lot of um, demand or supply in entrepreneurship and when it comes to space. I'm sure that the word startup may not be existing yeah. back then. Yeah,
1: but not in not in space sector, maybe in telecom sector. There were many companies came up, including Cisco and other guys, like I can tell a handful of companies. But only the first internet company that come up in Netscape was the first, then Yahoo and all this time in my time, which is mostly networking company. But I went in a space company away. So space was pretty much actually not touched by anybody entrepreneur until 2004 when Elon started it. And at the same time, I also started Protostar. It's early 2000 when people started to think about getting into space and space can be done by entrepreneur. Before that, maybe Orion. Orion was a startup company, same time as PanamSat, when they started the satellite companies. And uh, But Orion had a partner like British Aerospace, Martin Marietta, and all those guys. It was still an old space, trying to create a new space, or mid-space, I would say, maybe between new and old. Um, but it gave me a lot of experience in, see, being an entrepreneur, you need to have a a lot of experience from engineering to business, everything in between regulation. So I learned a lot from Orion time, opening some of the countries like India, Indonesia, Singapore, Thailand, all these countries you open the regulatory. Regulatory is the biggest hurdle to get into the space. And as long as you can get that out, then you can do it. So I worked for Loral for some time, then in in EMEA in the UK for some time, then I left. And then I started Protostar. So it was tough because fund were not available. This, it was still different. A very handful of companies were actually starting because maybe iDirect, we started out at that time. Then you had, of course, SpaceX, Protostar. And following that, we had ABS, Tom Choice company. So there was a handful of startup companies in early 2000.
0: And with uh, Protostar, what was the vision and how did the how did you manage the whole venture around it? Obviously, there are many aspects to this okay. because it's regulatory, it's funding, okay. it's execution, it's many things. Yeah. I think regulation from me, if there
1: is a need, any regulator will support you. The first thing is you have to find a need. You cannot go, I want to do this, I know what to do. you have to basically the country has a need. Starting from internet, when you first came to India, for example. At that time, when you brought the internet, both VSL, STPI, both the government organizations needed something. So They worked with this so for us to get the landing rights. So, because it's a need defined. Then we find a different in the process when started Protostar and we focused on mostly on India as a primary center because the appetite for broadcast and the capacity, satellite capacity was really very big. And, and in the time... Lot of Indian companies were starting to basically get a direct-to-home program. And at that time, East did not have that many capacity on the KU band. Okay. So we saw a niche there. Okay. And so when you start looking at how to basically get to done, because there is a need defined. Okay. And we are able to basically get a granny who was the first private satellite licensed by G Group and we're able to leverage that licensing, okay? Then go to market. At that time, if you start building a satellite, it takes 36 months to 40 months, okay? And no customer will wait for you to have a 36 to 40 months. But we identified a path which could shorten that 36 to 40 months to 18 months. So what we looked at, what are the satellites is half built. Those times people are enthusiastic about building large satellite, but then they used to always default in such a way because there was a satellite was basically supposed to be export to um, China and that was half built by the RAL. It was already built but the state department stopped it because of export control issues and then we grabbed the satellite reoriented and launched within 18 months. Okay so that is how we go to market. So it so finding the need, need you would basically give the regulatory and then finding a solution that meets the customer expectation. Because no customer for direct to home could wait for mm, 40 months because the 40-month business would have changed. So we deliver within 18 months the satellite mm, and then send, send to Videocon by other satellites. So we get a very big, possi- big customer base built around direct to home. Not only in India, both in Philippines and also in, in Indonesia. So that's how we started Protostar.
0: There are skills in which this industry is developed, right? Because at the end, yeah, communication was the bread and butter of this industry for, I don't know, like 30, 40 years at least. Still it and is. And now I think... Still it is. Yeah, it is still. Oh yeah, absolutely still is. Yeah. But you know, now like, uh, there's a lot of new types of businesses that people are getting into, Earth Observation and whatever space situational awareness and space tourism and all kinds of new other types of businesses that people are getting into to a large extent. Yes. How do you see the industry overall? We'll come to India later yeah, perhaps, yeah, okay. but let's talk about the transition that you've seen the industry have take in the last 20 years or so. Yeah. Are you still seeing from your perspective that look, space communication, at the end, people don't pay for PNT, yeah. it's free. Correct. Correct. GPS is giving out free. Everyone yeah. gives Correct. it out for free. They don't pay for weather yes. because everything is free yes. at the end. The only thing that people tend to pay for space is communication, communication yeah. at the end. Yeah. Um, and then a few other things like imagery that is now propagating because of war and yeah. you know, because Correct. of other things yeah. that people are doing. So, how do you see space as a commercial industry? Is it going to be driven by has been driven by communication will it be continuing to be driven by communication are there other markets you feel like it will be becoming bigger and bigger
1: i think commercial is the space has always been i think or any new technology that comes into the picture not only space or in it or supercomputing and before that i think government has a big role to play okay So any, any businesses, SACCOM in the beginning, it was AT&T. There was a lot of communication need by the defense and public goods. The government basically funded those things and that grew. Okay. I think any business in Earth observation, you mentioned that business is speaking up maybe most, mostly because of defense and spending because Earth observation commercial traction is second. So I think there is any business you start has to be first. It's government. Either it becomes research organization like NASA or DOD or any governmental needs. But this has to, it has to start that way. That's that because US spent a lot of money on the research and defense. That's the reason you the industry, space industry in the in US is very strong. So I think, but over a time it will go to commercial. I think for a long time to come, I think communication is a basic need for user, right? Everybody needs that. Maybe in the beginning, it could be TV, then you go to internet, then you could be direct to device. Then as the space and more space assets are deployed, then you will space communication. So communication always will drive the business because that is the basic thing you need to basically pass information. You know, without information in pass, nothing else can be built. So this is an infrastructure project, I would say. Communication will be bread and butter of the space industry for a long time to come. But then other industry will come up. Then again, you'd see, I think maybe it then we have to find real application that makes space mm, good. Maybe space in space manufacturing, you can get more pure product, and maybe microgravity, space mining, maybe in future. So then there will be other industries coming up, like maybe refueling in space servicing and things like that. But I think it will be communication, earth observation, space exploration, and then all ancillary business around it. Of course, lunar and Mars colonial are the future, um, maybe in next decade or so. So it's how fast and how slow the space industry grow. It depends on how humans and the government as a whole work together in the common solution. But if we're fractionated as it is today, the countries politically, it's very difficult to grow space into, into into exploration would grow. We need a peaceful period for the industry to grow.
0: Out of all of this, obviously, you've had a chance to engage with people in India for a long time. Yes. Obviously, people in places like BSNL or the government or so on. There was obviously, you talked about Agrani briefly. Yeah. There was also Devastas as an attempt correct, correct. at a point of time yes. and so on. And you see now there are some 100 or 150 startups that they throw also yeah. talks about that there are all of these companies. So, you know, did you see any frustration that there was like a lost opportunity during 10 or 15 years from 2000 to 2015 or some period like that? Because I think that is when a lot of the communication industry boomed, really. It's especially like direct to home yeah. and others. It really it took this journey of, adding millions of users around the world that were going it, And then India actually had to settle for basically a lot of the transponders being bought, uh, which they continue to do to a large extent to by other companies or, or so on. Was there some things that you think could have done, been done differently or because... Maybe Agrani was one attempt, Deva was the second yeah. attempt. Or even with Anyara, you you had, you had tried yeah. uh, probably yes. getting a license and so on. So how did, how did you see the space evolve? But
1: as, as I said, I think regulation never stopped the business. I think even though India never had a space policy formally, there was a SATCOM policy which sort of directed you can get a license. If there was a need, there was always regulation that helped. From my experience in the first decade in 2000, 2000, when I first went to India, at that time, I saw Indian space organization was very resourceful, not only very helpful. They always welcome. But the thing is, they always welcome the commercial company, be it a foreign company or be it an Indian company. They always welcome as long as you are solving an issue. You have to understand Indian space industry Came up with the idea of helping the public, not for research, doing the defense or going to moon. That was not the objective. Objective was to how to help the economy, how to help the education, telemedicine, and things like that. Any anything that we started to do that helped Indian industry, the ISRO was very helpful in that. Okay, I would say. So there was, I would say there was no issue with the regulation. Unfortunately, or unfortunately, Maybe it's a political or maybe not. There was run into an issue. Okay. And when the spectrum values were maybe in the media, I think everybody played a part to basically make, spoil the entire environment for some time. Okay. So between 2010 and 2017 or 18, okay, there was a time when, when there is, there was no progress in, in, so, see, or the policy making, CIS, or whatever. There was a policy generally, but even that policy never acted on it because the fear of having having this issues with uh, with media, the government politics, I think played in that. But I think once you're over that, now we are seeing a trend where there is a better environment for the space. I think is is all timing, and at the same time, India also trying to build more than their entire um the need of the public they also need have a new aspiration to how to basically move to space how to how to basically get their share of success in space exploration other things with ISRO's initiative both in chandran Gagnan, and other other aspects so the things have changed the needs have changed now okay and isro is more proactive and which is really good for the entrepreneur but as as, as far as the, i don't think i had any i would say not bad experience, even any experience that was basically not good until 10 2010, 2015. That was a time it was almost stalled the activities in space in India.
0: And all of the things that are happening now, you have a, a view also as an investor yes. nowadays yes. with E2MCS, yes. the fund. Obviously, I'm sure that you're seeing deal flow across the world. You're seeing teams around the world that you can evaluate. There's a lot of things that are happening. There's a lot of companies that you guys have also invested into. How do you compare the current trends in the Indian ecosystem, the teams that are building uh, some of the ventures, the quality of the teams, the idea behind the teams or the commercial potential that these teams have to even make unicorns out of it compared to other parts of the world? Is it sufficient? Is it that we are lacking in some aspects or is it too early in India? What are your views around the ecosystem?
1: So I think from the skill and knowledge and the aspiration, ambition, hardworking, India has all those things and India has proven time and again in last two or three decades. The engineering skills and engineering knowledge is there. That is given. That is the basic thing you really need to create a entrepreneurship. That is there. Okay. The second thing, is there a market? Is there a environment that supports you, the government and other people? Yes, that has changed now in last three, four years. There is a you know, established in space and handholding by ISRO. That also changed. Now the biggest challenge is finding the market. What is the market? Because so we still struggle in the market, okay? That's the reason earlier I said, unless we have a, a a conducive environment globally, because in a space, you don't market locally. You have to market globally, okay? Local helps, like US has developed because of a lot of, ISA has developed because a lot of interest from the government. China has developed because a lot of interest from the government. So India also should develop, That should be a government spending or investment or buying either way. So it helps the industry. So that is something missing. Once the government does maybe 10% of it, the entrepreneur in India, I have seen they can fly 90%. They just need 10% help. I don't think government should give subsidy, help or other thing. Just make them walk the first mile. You know, that is what I think. InSpace is doing a good job, what I hear. And everybody, every entrepreneur that I have met in India are praising about InSpace, okay? And we will see in, in next one or two years because we just don't want Indian entrepreneur to move outside of India. And because the environment is not good. So a lot of companies are thinking about pivoting because they think there is a greener pasture in west maybe in this thing but i think india as a policy wise space policy is good but as a policy wise india should do a little bit of more hand holding and keep those companies in india
0: and just to double down on this the word hand holding is a very interesting word it has a lot of context depending on who you talk to inside the system for me i think you can maybe confirm it or you can maybe present your views on this which is I also am on the same page. Subsidies are not a great way of encouraging companies at the end. It would be much more effective to provide people procurement routes and opening challenges to procurement than giving somebody money because at the end of the day, the money will just be spent uh, at the end. But procurement means there is competition, there is all kinds of, uh, there is a customer uh, who's an anchor and a lot of the other things that come with it. Is this the where we are missing the trick because for me I think that is the most crucial aspect of it because at the end you have somebody to show for who is an anchor correct. and at the end the space industry is extremely dependent on the government as an anchor in any, any and every part of the correct. world.
1: That's correct. I think subsidy is not a good. Subsidy has never worked in India. Okay. Yep. Uh, we have a flourishing IT industry, it didn't have a subsidy method, it had a buying method even though or enabling. So. So subsidy will never work. It will be a contract, but I don't see the government budget that much that could help in a way. So you know, ISO almost has no procurement budget generally for their own mission. I think the defense has some budget and they're encouraging people to come up with this thing. Mm, but I think yeah, there has to be there has to be procurement way, maybe. Yeah, the state government are not uh, don't know them. because I recently met some of the state department, state government. They have a need. They have a need for earth observation. They want to manage their their land, the asset, the resources. They are willing to actually pay. But thing is, there is no such companies now in India. Maybe Satyo is doing some of those things in the state government level. The state government also has a big role to play because. If you go to communication, be it for education, for social services, you need to basically give the contract to them instead of just going to Israel. You know, I think it has to basically be a direct. Um, right now, the government who has it, they go to Israel and then ISRO will tell where to go. Okay, that, that, I think that's a complex method. They should come up with the open tender, let the public company uh, buy it, but they don't have to go to Israel. Israel doesn't have to be one stop place anymore because there is a big system now it should be public auction system and there should be budget i think i can see in many areas like defense social welfare like resource management mining everywhere there's need of industry for example let's say so we have so much resources for under leverage or under managed or wastefully managed you call it mining or you call it oil and gas pipeline we still don't have a Internet of Thing policy in on IoT business. So, so thing is, how do we do that? How does how does any of the public sector like ONG or oil companies, and apple? How does the insurance company basically get IoT or parametric insurance? So things, there's the needs are a lot of need, but thing is, we we need to basically get um, certain things deregulated, like getting procurement directly. Any space services, they should be able to procure directly from the commercial
0: players. Right. Uh, what is the mood of partners, uh, limited partners or even investors or family offices in India? Because obviously, this is something which is very interesting. So far, all the... Companies who have gotten some money have been through some angels in India yep. or so on. But then anybody who wanted to raise serious investment had to go outside. Skyroot has raised it through GIC. GIC. A yeah. few other companies have all raised it through foreign sources at the end. I'm sure that there is enough wealthy people in India who could also bankroll a lot of these things. But do you see this changing in the coming years? Or you See, there's
1: this early stage that people always have doubt, right? Uh, how this thing will work. I myself also rejected investment into Agnikul because in 2016 or 17, because at that time I thought we really don't need a launch from here. We need more services side of it. But things have changed. We do Now I believe that we need more um, rocket power than ever before. The industry has changed in that sense. So yeah, I think, but there are a lot of tech angel actually invested. I have personally invested some of them and the thing is but institution investment is still missing not the big tech sectors and other guys they don't they may be good for acquisition because unfortunately indian industry the big companies they are always believe full control they never believe on the investment but i think some of the guys like Special, is funded i think i believe from murgapa group i think Mm. The largest LP could be, I may be misinformed, but I think so there are, there are companies who are looking at and setting up VCs and to look at space. Mm, but I think more to come in coming years. But I think at this stage, whatever Indian companies need is there because they, nobody's really in need, maybe apart from Skyroot or maybe AgniCool or Pixel, they are in the growth stage, but many other are actually in the, seed or early stage not in series a yet so i think there's a need i don't think there'll be shortage of money that that Mm -hmm. is i don't think in india has a lot of tech entrepreneur a lot of new as millionaire billionaire i think they will step up but the need has to be defined it's all driven by need i don't see any obstacle for raising money for companies in india
0: And one of the interesting aspects is also the how the market is changing within India as well. Also, because it should be very interesting to know from you how you see the market evolving because of especially the telecom operators being so strong now. Yes especially what is happening to the dth market for example you talked yeah, yeah. earlier about helping yes. helping videocon yeah, or, yeah. or tatas and so on one is it will be very interesting to know from you how do you see this dth market evolve in india because it's a fast-paced change towards telecom operators okay. using terrestrial bandwidth to providing services and mobile first yes. 5g first world to a large extent a lot of people even probably using 5g at home as the main system yep. instead of this. And then now you see OneWeb trying to get into the market in India. And I think somebody they made an announcement that they will probably start providing services in July in India. From a, And also, you briefly also mentioned about IoT. There is also that space-based IoT possibilities as okay. well. How do you see uh, the situation in India? Is there is it going to be a telecom, terrestrial telecom-dominated world because the concentration of people is a lot higher in india even in the rural areas or are there pockets you see that space is gonna have some edges and especially volume in business as well So i think
1: see when you come to communication i think telecom guys have a upper edge all right when you try so if you're starting a but thing is none of the telecom guys Actually, really looking into developing constellation or doing that directly. Okay. Indirectly, but Vodafone has interest in AST mobile and some of the guys, but nobody really has done it because, but to the market access is through telecom guys. So, you know, be it OneWeb, Starlink or Astrocast or any of the IOT constellation. If we really go to the market, the guys, the telecom guys have the custom user base. So you have to route through them because telecom guys are not going to set up a space infrastructure. So in a, I go by 80, 20 rule, any part of the world, mostly talking about developed or developing world, 80% are available with the social infrastructure. 20% are always there, which cannot be reached in efficiently or objectively. So those market, those markets, are exist today. So if you want to be a satellite play, you have to have a better relationship with, with the telecom guys. But telecom guys actually can have the, they can give a greater market access. One web has to work with one of his already has, I tell, a Bharti group as partners. I think some of the guys, I think Telesat is working with Tata group. So I think eventually is telecom provide the last mile services or the connectivity to the connect to the user. The, but the infrastructure, like Starlink, one web, they're creating space infrastructure. Right? And, but they, again, anyway, it depends on how strong because Starlink wants to go to end user without the telecom guys. You know, that's a business plan. But I think the, the wiser thing would be what Iridium Global Star did in early age and survive up to, up, up to this point.
0: And uh, do you see the DTH will be, will have always have a strong user base in the country or numbers will keep falling or how do you see it?
1: I think DTH, eventually any business that has started, satellite is the enabler. It's like a paratrooper, right? They start the service. But eventually, the terrestrial guy catch up to that. That has always been the case. Maybe DTH has another five years to basically transition totally to terrestrial or fiber. is all depends how country puts terrestrial infrastructure. So if, I think we have, I think India may be one of the developed country, developing countries that has the best infrastructure on the in fiber and telecom infrastructure. Okay, so maybe it'll be sooner. But if you go to Indonesia, for example, I'm just giving example. Their fiber infrastructure, terrestrial infrastructure outside of Java, is not that good. So, so for them, the it'll continue for longer time. For India, maybe I I would give five years. I think most of them will transition into some form or other to OTT or, or terrestrial infrastructure.
0: And obviously, there are some new interesting applications that are still yet to be unlocked in India. Like, for example, in-flight connectivity. Yes. To a large extent. Which markets do you think are the future markets that has growth markets? Because I'm, India has one of the largest aviation markets in the world, the fastest growing yeah. aviation market in the world. We've, I think recently, they crossed some 40,000 landings per day yeah. or some yeah. crazy number like but, that.
1: Yeah, I think... See, communication everywhere is the same, right? So how for an airline don't care, how do they get communication? They want to the communication, okay? So the question is, if there is any other method to connect them, then maybe satellite will not play a role because it takes a long time to establish. So can we have a better communication to terrestrial, Be maybe other, maybe... They can have a balloon. Maybe they could have haps that could basically have a better way to do the communication than satellite. So it's all depend because you put a 5G shell in a haps. Maybe you have four or five haps and that could basically provide Indian content. We don't know. So there's, there is always a need, but no, but from from a space infrastructure point of view, airline connectivity is a very small market. So I cannot basically invest in a constellation. That's focusing on airline. But then if you, you have to do airline, you also do maritime, you have to have the ports, They have to do everything, then airline is part of the business. I don't think you can specifically de- develop a satellite solution for, for dedicated, but it has to be it, for a, in creating a constellation or infrastructure. So there are businesses. But one other thing that I think would, would be important is having a, having a network not for the access i think access is now belongs to telecom guys okay but the trunk when you say backhaul for example let's say you want to let's say india is getting stronger presence in in foreign countries okay indian defense also getting stronger indian banks are also getting stronger but if you have to basically let's say there's a totally Big base for the banks and Indian companies in Africa. Let's say you want to collect some of the information back to um, India, some of those data centers, some of the intelligence, um, all these things. So then how do you do through fiber? It may be, it may be intercepted by somebody and stolen. So what do you need a space trunking solution? If you go back to early days of internet, it was basically flag and global, globe commerce, some of the company who had a fiber network. And then everyone used to connect them: the quest, and all the guys. So I think in I think there is a need to connect trunks or giving a bypass to terrestrial for very highly secured or valuable information like banking information, defense intelligence. Okay, yes, I think there is a need. Uh, actually, I am working on such a solution now to basically build a constellation that would basically connect from any place to any place on the trunk, not access. Mm. Access to what is established. Starlink is doing, OneWeb is doing, other guys are doing. But what is missing is the trunk that could connect from mm. any place to any place, from space to Earth, or to space, so which is future. That's something I'm working. So um, I would say that information, maybe in other podcasts, uh, we can have that. Okay. Yeah,
0: very interesting. Are there types of companies that you think are not being built out of India? As in, you've seen some companies, the usual ones, Pixel, Skyroot, Agniko, you mentioned, yes. and so on. Are there types of companies you think ought to be built but are not being built out of India?
1: I think India has large resources and inexpensive resources. So I think India should build more space analysis downstream business. I think. It's very important because downstream business easier to market globally than upstream business because upstream business has a lot of competition from US and European market. If we want to grab that market in next five years, it will be very difficult. So I think India should have, I have not seen many downstream business except on maybe Azure, Dathya, Blue Sky Analytics. Those are the companies that were doing it, but maybe there is more needed. Because all these upstream companies in like you take well-funded upstream companies, then they don't have downstream that well downstream business. There is a gap in the market. I think I would say that I think other market is maybe some of the things which Indian own needs in defense sector. I think some of the things maybe hypersonic and some of the maybe hypersonic is a big thing because China has it. Now, I think U.S. is developing, so hypersonic could be an interesting market. But, but I'm thinking from Indian needs, you have to look at what the Indian needs are, you know, then and what is the Indian skill set. I said downstream analytics and upstream, I think you should focus on edge technology, basically, like hypersonic. I think we already have a rocket, we already have the satellite, SATCOM. Maybe India should build a constellation of some kind. Because for that self-resiliency, self-reliance and resiliency, because if you have to do a lot of communication, then you are using foreign satellite. I don't know how the relationship will get better or worse from time to come with other countries. So, so I think maybe develop a own satellite constellation possible. I think that those are the areas I think people should. I think Astro had an aspiration to build a constellation, a space constellation. I I don't know. I'm an investor, but I don't think they're pursuing that right now. Yeah.
0: How do you see all of this Leo constellations, especially for communication, broadband evolving? Because there was a lot of skepticism from geo operators that this thing is not going to work very well. Now you see that Starlink subsidized a lot of the initial users and now i think they announced even that they have more than a million users now or something yeah. like that yeah so do you see that there is enough space for just one operator to succeed in this market or do you see multiple operators succeeding in because obviously places like china they will not open up to yeah. spacex yeah
1: yes i think uh, i think there is a, i think leo being considered right now our favor versus geo for most of them with the Leo, the issue is continuous investment in infrastructure, mm-hmm. starting to replace them. So there is a big challenge of having a, um, because by the time you do a launch, you have a five years of satellite life, then, you know, by the time you reach the peak, then you have to replace. So it will take iteration of how this thing developed to create a commercially successful business. Okay. I would say jury is still out, okay? Because at the same time, what happened, terrestrial guys basically woke up and said, hey, we are going to do better than that, correct? What happened to 5G and 6G and maybe long haul spectrum solution? We don't, so there are technology. Technology can change. So right now, maybe backhaul and fiber are expensive. Maybe there are optical laser link which can travel long distance and better provided so we don't have to really lay cable maybe wireless technology will improve so i think the leos are preferred right now because does provide some kind of resiliency to geo okay maybe it's perceived as a lower cost solution than geo okay i don't know that is true or not it's heavily subsidized because as you say most of the leos are basically being built by the billionaires. So they, they are committed to it. Their purpose may be different to basically keep their, the launch, um, rockets occupied. We don't know whatever the objective is. There's a lot of investment into it and you continue to, you have to continue to invest on in it. So it's technology challenges. If, if the terrestrial technology get improved and which will be improved? Definitely. So the, then terrestrial will always eat up. Some of the space business and communication. But at the same time, the cost of delivery become affordable. Some of the people don't mind to have both of them because of the resilience. So I think it's hard to tell. We'll see how Starlink doing, Kuiper coming, Telesat and one web. It is, let's see. But I think but there is a business definitely existing in trunking, not on access.
0: And how do you see also this market of space situational awareness? Because there's now like maybe 25 companies with ground-based, space-based, software-based, all kinds of solutions that are coming. Yeah. You'll see that as a market that is commercial because you know sometimes you think that look, there's a PNT market that is free and open to all. There's space weather that is free and open to all. Something like IATA for yeah. the airlines, where the coordination between airlines is mostly paid for by the taxpayers would ssa also be a something where the taxpayer would lead the solution to give it out for free so that satellite operators don't mess up space or is it a commercial venture possibility
1: i think i think uh, depending on the regulation on the space regulation unfortunately we don't have a international space regulation which is strong enough to control all these things okay so it's in a way whoever wants to launch it will be Right now, it looks like between US and China, they will launch a number of satellites. So when it comes to SSA, it's still controlled by NORAD, which is a defense, in a way. So the anybody, who is a customer? If I'm running a constellation, I just go to NORAD data and get it. Maybe certain extent to Leo Lab and all this. Thing. There's definitely need for data to to sub centimeter range, correct. There is definitely need of optical radar, lidar, all the technologies for collection. But the question is, how? Who pays for it? Would the would there be a um, ICO? ICO like. Um, They might basically go, their interest maybe go up to basically also monitor the space. But I think, but there is no, no international body right now. UNOSA is not really working on this, which they should work on. The UN should work on this policy to basically make sure how we manage that. But I think in absence of those things, how the information is given or given out. So it is basically only one organization buys it and maybe to some extent, Each of the constellations will buy it, but the market is very limited, I think. But the need is definitely there. But market is not well defined. How to commercialize it. But any SSA company is giving data. So we need them. The world needs them. But how world pay for it is still not sure.
0: And would you say it's the same for people who want to clean up space?
1: Clean up space, because it's
0: all come back and clean up space
1: yeah it's just also a struggling business so i think okay see anything in space services is or this thing is a derived business it's not the primary business like earth observation or launch or a satcom are, are the primary business you can build a business primarily other guys are actually derived business so how much really the primary business constellations depend on that okay how many satellites because we know Life extension, for example, that isn't going for 20 years. That has not been successful. Okay, now people thinking maybe you will work, maybe geosatellites will work. So, so derived businesses takes a little longer time to materialize. Correct? So, I think even OTV when it started, orbit transport. So, now they're getting traction because there are more satellites want to go to different orbit than SSO, you know, where the launch. So, there is a OTV business. Similarly, I think As long as you have a larger community of the primary businesses, either Rocket or Satcom or Earth Observation, drive the need for such thing, either SSA or this thing. But at this time, I just don't see that many people are crying out for a need. Okay, But I'm not saying not needed. The service is needed. But is it a big business to build in some time? But it's all dependent on the primary space player including government.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. What would be very, again, interesting to know is one of the problems in the industry, not just in India, but in any part of the world has been profitability of space companies and sustainability of space companies, because one of the challenges that the industry in general, not just in India, but in any part of the world faces is sustainability and return on investment as there is. Is this going to be a generic problem? that the industry faces for a long time? Are there pockets? Do you think that people will make exits and profitable exits instead of the fire sales? Yeah. How do you think this picture is going to... Because at the moment, I can hardly name a company that is actually making any money.
1: real money. I think it's a growing business. I would say this is a growing pen. Any industry grows through a growing pen and try to establish itself as a market. If you know... Go back to telecom when it started. Everybody needed a cell phone. The market is well defined, but many companies went went bust. I specifically in India, yeah, I know. Okay, even maybe U.S. also. So it's a growing pain that industry is experiencing. Okay, and eventually some of them will control it. Idea is when I as investor, when I look at it, I look at who is not the business ideas. That I am worried about because there are a handful of business idea if you want to do space today, either you use operated constellation or operate a operator SSA or operator OTV rocket or like five or six business. There's no, I don't see new business ideas. Okay. But who can execute well? I believe a bad business plan executed well succeed Then a good business plan not executed well doesn't succeed. Okay. So the question about who is the team? Who is the people? So when we look at investment, we look at the team. If the team can execute or not. Okay. Because if you have a bad business plan, if the execution is not there. You can always pivot. And a lot of companies pivoted in the space industry. They start with something. They go with something else. So it's not that. So I think it's a growing pain. I think there is a definite market in the next 10 years to come. It's very exciting time for the industry. Mm. Uh, When I say entrepreneur, I say look, get some value created, execute your plan in a manner that's the least expensive and better market. Okay, and then I think it's nothing else. There will be consolidation, of course. We know that there will be consolidation. The big guys are waiting. There are a handful of like you would lock Boeing and all these guys. They are waiting for a lot of acquisition in, in target. So I think those are the, it is a growing plan, but I think there is a demand and market will continue to grow.
0: Great. So, Raghu, thank you so much for taking the an hour of your time and talking about so many different things. I'd love to catch up with you in person yeah, uh, so next time I'm in DC.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think maybe we'll meet in India, in Delhi, mm,
0: ISC yeah uh, uh, possibly uh, as well yeah for people who want to reach out to you is there a way that they can reach out with their business plans what is the easy way i think my email
1: is ragu at e2mc.space if we are looking for investment or anything i think even mentoring guiding and i'm always available for anything any collaboration anything that is in people's mind i help i like space i love space I want to basically make sure anybody thinking about space do it correctly, get the commercial aspect of it. So yes, I think anytime anybody can reach me. So
0: That's terrific. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Thank you for having
1: me. And we're talking to you.
0: Thank you for listening into this episode of the New Space India podcast. If you enjoyed this conversation, Please share this episode with anyone you believe will enjoy listening to it. You'll be able to find the New Space India podcast in any of the podcasting platforms that you may be using, including Apple, Google, Spotify, YouTube, and others. Do subscribe to the podcast in case you want to receive new episodes automatically. I'm grateful if you're able to leave a rating for the podcast, which will help others discover it. Thank you for listening in again, and the next episode will be out in the next two weeks as usual.